In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Amy, a lifelong reader and writer. And I'm Erin, an avid reader, sometimes writer, and reality TV buff. And this is episode number one, Feels Like the First Time. Yeah. The theme this week is all about firsts. Every week we'll have a new unique theme, and Amy and I will pick two books each that we believe relate to the theme. Since this is our first episode, I have to say it does in fact feel like the first time. It sure does, Erin. And Erin and I came together because we both love books with what may be an unhealthy passion, but also <laughs> but also because we often read very different things. Um, I like to read across literary fiction and sci-fi and history. Erin loves great fiction, humor, and nonfiction, including true crime and business. And in fact, before we talk about the books in Broads and Books, let's spend a little time getting to know the Broads of Broads and Books, since this is our first episode. And we thought a good way to start was maybe talk about a few of our firsts. So I think I'm going to start off with Amy and ask, what is the first book that you remember loving? Well, I do remember as a kid... Uh, reading and enjoying The Monster at the End of This Book with which, which, Grover. I mean, classic. I mean, classic, because, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. It's up and down all Best. throughout. Best yes. books written. For sure. Then as I got older, and, you know, I mean, not necessarily more sophisticated, but 
different choices. Um, I picked up a lot around of what was around the house, and my mom dug some Danielle Steele and some Judith Krantz. <laughs> and I got to say, for a nine and a ten year old, oh. that's pretty saucy. Oh, so you know, I learned a lot of things. I'm sure that has served you well. It's in so many ways <laughs> in life. <laughs> Because <laughs> Daniel Steele, if there I mean, ever right? is an author, that's real life right there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's yeah all sorts of good stuff in there. What about you, Aaron? What's the first book you remember loving? Well, ironically, also Monster at the End of this book. Well, Love that classic. book. Yeah. yeah. But I remember really, which kind of goes with the true crime theme, falling in love with Nancy Drew books when Ooh. I was very first reading. Um, I We had a set of like old, the very original classics in our house, and I tore through those. Um, and then I remember going to the library and like every version that I could get, cause they had a couple different, you know, they had like an in-between version and then a more young adult version tore through those, which led me to Mary Higgins Clark and just down the line. And so I would say even early on, I kind of had that crime mystery. Mm-hmm. I really liked that yeah. element, but I couldn't get enough. I was oh, like, yeah. the more I could read, the better. So, wow. yeah. so you started off that way and then it just paved the way snowballed into a real thing. Yeah, a real <laughs> thing. <laughs> real thing. Um, why don't I ask a question this time? Oh, all right, yeah. Um, how about the first time you went to a bookstore? Oh, my. Okay. Um, well, there was a bookstore in our mall at the time. It was B. Dalton, which is oh, a yeah. subsidiary of Barnes & Noble, yes. which I, I didn't know that for a long time. That blew my mind when I found out Oof. that Barnes & Noble owned B. Dalton. When you learn about which, business structure, blows right? your mind. Mind blown. Yeah. Uh, I I don't believe there's any B. Dalton's left. I think Barnes & Noble decided that was a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Cannibalizing and, and whatnot. Yeah. 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 So I, there was B. Dalton. I loved that bookstore. In fact, that was my first job was at B. Dalton, the oh. bookstore. So I remember going in there and just the idea that you could find so many possibilities in one place was just, I remember having that feeling of like, I can't get enough, yes. like insatiable, like, yes. oh, I want this book and this book and this book and this mm-hmm. book, which is never stopped. So, right. Yeah. 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 We're going to get into, you know, how many books you get on a regular basis that come into your home. <laughs> um, you've admitted in the past that it, you know, it's an interesting uh, it's number. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. an, yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I always say it's not crack. Exactly. So, it's and- a habit that is healthy, perhaps. Yeah. 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 Way better than crack, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's got to be up there on the list. <laughs> it's got to be. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, I think the first time I went to a bookstore, I don't really remember a bookstore actually until I went to college because growing up, we, we went to the library a lot, or I should say I went to the library a lot. Um, and that was my bookstore. And you know, the fact that it was free, hello, fantastic. So then I go to university of Iowa and they have the, um, the bookstore in the IMU and it's the bookstore that services all the books that you get in college. Again, this is nineties when there were books in college. So there's yeah, that. that. Yeah. Um, but I also like remember walking through like, oh, my God, I, I can buy these things and I can have them. And that started a debt problem. I'll be <laughs> <Yeah>. honest. <laughs> right. When you realize you can have it for your own. Yes. And you turn that corner into like, I don't even want the library book anymore because nope. I can't write in it. Exactly. I can't keep it. Yeah. And I can't add it to my bookshelf. I want to refer back to this bitch. So, you know, I never refer back to him, but I want the option. Exactly. I love the, the pretty colors. On a bookshelf. 
I love collecting them. <laughs> it's just too bad it also came at the same time as my first credit card offer. And, you know, oh, oh yikes. Yep, yeah, yep, that's yep. Rough. That's yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we will ask uh, each other more questions over our first few episodes, and you'll probably get to know a little bit about the weird things and the cool things that make us tick. But cool, now, for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, but now, why don't we get to the picks, Erin? Well, as we mentioned, each week we're going to offer a couple of fiction recommendations as well as some other genres. We'll even throw in a recommendation from outside the book world, too. Yeah. Things we're into right now in in pop culture, whatever it may be. We choose our picks based on this week's theme, and you'll find that they can be new releases or they could be older, perhaps undiscovered gems. We like to think that our picks will always be a little bit unexpected. Just like us. Yes. If there's anything you can say about me definitively, it's unexpected. Unexpected. Yes. Good or bad, up to you. Um, well, why don't I go first? Yeah. Um, so this week, we are thinking of firsts in multiple ways. So for fiction, my pick is called The Marriage of a Thousand Lies by S.J. Sindhu. So here's the story. Um, she's a first generation Sri Lankan American woman, mm. and she's married to a first generation Indian American man. But from the very first chapter, you realize this is a marriage solely of convenience oh. because they are both gay and they are closeted and both have very traditional immigrant families who have made it very clear that being gay is super not cool. Um, so Lucky, the main character, she's in her late 20s and she heads home. Um, her grandmother has fallen ill, so she's going to help with that. And she runs into her best friend, who was her first love. Um, so they were caught at the time. Things went into disarray. Um, and since they've thrown themselves into appearing that they are straight for mm. their families. So lots and lots of complications yeah. ensue. Um, and I picked it this week because this is the first novel for S.J. Sindhu, um, who is herself a Sri Lankan American woman. And I think this is one of, if not the first big press novel that sort of deals with difference when it's multiplied. And yeah, yeah. yeah, what I mean by that is like, you know, Lucky is a lesbian and she's brown. So she's an other, and I'm putting that in sort of quotations, um, in this world of, you know, white American society. And she's also a different person, an other to her immigrant community and family. So... I think sometimes it's hard enough to get a story published when you're one or the other, if Mm -hmm. you're, you know, if you're gay or you're uh, brown or a minority in some way. So having both of those is pretty huge. And in fact, I I heard an interview from the author in which she said, yeah, that was a big problem. That was a big issue I had to surmount. Yeah, because people would be like, okay, she's already, you know, she's already a a minority. She's already brown. Do we have to make her gay too? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, (laughs) As if they're deciding. Exactly. If we could mold you, we'd like you to be different. Yeah. And really, I mean, life is not one thing. So let's be real, people. Right. And what's great about the book is, you know, she writes just beautifully. The story flows. It's really, really nice. And in fact, I wanted to read one quote because this shows, yeah, this shows just how um, she's describing what it's like to be closeted. And she says, uh, most people think the closet is a small room. They think you can touch the walls, touch the door, turn the handle and walk free. But when you're inside it, the closet is vast. No walls, no door, just empty darkness stretching the length of the world. Ooh, 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Boom is right. Put that on bookmark. (laughs) So not only does our author here write really well, she she takes on all this weighty stuff and she just makes it into a really compelling story um, that's, that's really beautifully done. And I think this could be devoured quickly if you're reading it, but it could also be something you you, you linger over and you savor uh, a little bit. So um, really great story about complexity and difference and highly recommend. I love it. Yeah. Well, ironically, we sort of picked two books in the same vein. Which and I think this is going to happen more than we, uh, we account yeah. for. Yes, yeah, yeah. I agree. And to... To be fair, we didn't know what each other was picking. No, we didn't. So, and yeah. that's that's another thing maybe to emphasize is that we're yeah. surprising one another. We are coming <laughs> so here. Unexpected. Unexpected. <laughs> there you go. Yes. So my first uh, fiction pick, um, it was published in June of 2017. So it's not a super new release, but um, it's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Seven Husbands. Seven Husbands. So I read this book last summer and absolutely fell in love with the main character. The premise is kind of this actress at the end of her life. Um, she'd be kind of from the old Hollywood era. Uh, and she has decided that now is the time to get her memoir out there and tell everyone everything that they've never known. Uh, her life has been very publicized, but very specifically manipulated by her and her publicist okay. as to what was told. So she has had seven husbands and she picks this very unknown journalist from a failing magazine to write her memoir and says, you come here, you get to write it, you get money from it, whole deal. So it starts out, the structure is structured around the idea that you're going to learn the story about each of the seven husbands, how it came. Well, right away at the beginning, you learn that in reality, she is a lesbian and the seven husbands were sort of this cover and what role they played throughout her life of some of them knowing, some of them not knowing, some of them being complicit in it and helping her. Um, super fascinating story. Yeah. The structure is amazing. Um, I have read some interviews with the author and because there are likenesses to some famous actresses from that kind of time period. Um, and she said she did kind of use stories from all of them and maybe make one character. But other than that, it's not, you know, it's a fiction. Uh, but the other thing I loved about the story, besides that part being compelling, was there's a, a little bit of a mystery element to it that gets revealed at the end. Um, so the twists and turns were unexpected to use the word of the day, (laughs) but well done. I mean, it didn't feel like it was cheap or for the, you know, just for the ending or to make you think, Oh geez, I didn't see that coming. They really fit with the story and you really love the complexity of her as a character. Cause there are times where you absolutely despise her. Mm -hmm. Some of the action she did, the way she stepped on people. And then there are times where you can't feel anything but empathy because kind of the same as your character just living in this world where she knows she's not being her true self, right. but she would be sacrificing so much to be that person. So it's a great read. It reads really fast. Um, it, and it just was a really, really interesting take on kind of that time period. It's mm-hmm. an interesting take on relationships. Um, and it's definitely the complexity of the characters is what I think really drives this book and really made me, made me love it. Um, one of the quotes I was going to read a quote too, and I like this one particularly. She says this to the journalist that's writing her story. It's always been fascinating to me how things can be simultaneously true and false, how people can be good and bad all in one, how someone can love you in a way that is beautifully selfless while serving themselves ruthlessly. Oof. 
right? She sounds like someone I, yeah, I want to read about and I want to know. Yeah, kind of badass. you do. Yeah, yeah, she does have a very badass quality. But like a lot of badasses, you know, they have that edge yeah. where you're like, mm, man, yeah. I want to just wholeheartedly love you. But what's going on here? <laughs> what is this? What is this yeah. over here? So, yeah, it's a great. It was a fantastic read. So mm-hmm. awesome. You mentioned um, structure. What's cool about the structure? The structure specifically because the story uh, is it's linear in fashion, but it's really designed to take you from husband to husband. Gotcha. Like, this okay. is what happened with this husband. And yeah. then she fills in all the details around how that happened. And each chapter is named after, or each section is named after Ooh. the husband, but there's like little words to describe them yeah. beforehand. And oh. I won't reveal that because that's part that's of the, amazing. the fun of the structure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it just in that alone was intriguing enough to read it. But then the story itself is so complex and so interesting that... Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it. So that's fascinating that we both chose books yeah. with a somewhat closeted main character. I know. For first. For first. So the reason that I <gasps> yes. chose it as the first is because as the main character of the book, she was one of the first people in old Hollywood to admit this and maybe not openly, but to her publicist. She okay. was out there with it. Um, and so in there's that kind of in the first thought process, kind of being a pioneer. Um, secondly, her first husband plays a huge role in shaping how this whole story gets played uh-huh. out. And uh, Monique is the first person to actually hear the whole story in its entirety. She has never told anybody all of the details so that they all connect correctly. Okay. Everybody in her life's only known certain pieces until this person. So she's kind of the first person to get all the information. So interesting. Yeah. I thought it was a good pick for first. Yeah. It's a, it's a winner. Yeah. Well, that kind of presents a quandary in my mind because I imagine that as we keep doing our podcasts, like I want to read that book now, but it just adds to my reading list. And uh, yeah, that's okay with me. I love to add my reading. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, I mean, it's unachievable at this point. For sure. (laughs) I think I did the math and it's, just out of control but i don't think goodreads has helped with that either because you can keep adding things to your want to read and then you just get like well shit like there's way too many things in here yeah and it's really fed a problem for me because (laughs) i found this website called thrift books that sells used books oh dear and you can get free shipping if you spend ten dollars oh and you can spend ten dollars yeah like in a day yeah in an hour Uh uh-huh in a minute and so And then I go on Goodreads. I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. Oh, that's on there. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it really creates a problem. Mm. Real problem. Again, it could be crack. So. Right. Yeah. I say problem in the sense that it seems to be a problem for other people. Definitely not Not you. Not for me. (laughs) I in no way feel the need to change this. Have taken no action steps to do so. Can you imagine if there was a book intervention? I mean, would that be a reality TV show you would watch? Because, you know, you admitted to being a reality TV buff. Absolutely not. I would never support that. Are you kidding me? No. It might give your family ideas. You don't want that happening. Yeah. And I'm not going to support people telling people that they have too many books, read too many books, want to read too many books. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not the message of this podcast, just so you know. No. Read all the books you want. Keep adding to that list. Yes. You should add these books to your list. Indeed. Right now. Get on Goodreads. Do it. Yep. It's okay. Pull over if you're listening to this in the car. That's right. We'll take a minute for you. Yeah. Put it on your Goodreads list. And also know that, you know, we are making that easy for you with the social media presences that we are going to refer to exactly. later. So boom, yeah. there yeah. you go. So if you don't want to pull over right now, say you're in traffic. Yeah, good Understandable. Point. Yeah. Go to our website later. You can find the recommendations and then you can order them right then for you. 
from yeah. wherever you get your books. Wherever yeah. you get those books, yeah. including the library. We still support libraries. We do. As much as we, we talk about buying books, you know. We do. We are at a point in our lives where Absolutely. this was a dream. Yes, yes. Yeah. All we're asking is for you to do it legally. <laughs> That's it. I don't know how you would do it illegally, but I'd... shoplifting, don't do that. Good point. Yeah. Good point. We don't yeah. condone shoplifting. If you need to borrow a copy, I'll give you one. Yeah. You just yeah. have to promise just... to give it back or I will break your legs. Yes. But, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we've uh, put that out there yeah. from our very first episode. Yeah. You know, feels like the first time. <laughs> feels like the first time Aaron threatened to break our listeners' Won't legs. be the last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On that note, um, we will now move to some more picks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, you know, like Aaron mentioned, we'll usually focus on fiction as our first two picks because that's probably our most preferred uh, reading Absolutely. area. But we also read widely in other genres. So we want to cover that as well when we make some picks. So for another genre pick, I have chosen a collection of short stories um, called Friday Black by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. And I apologize if I mispronounced that. It sounded um, great. Thank you. Yeah. So Friday Black. Um, let me just say that this kind of blew my mind. I had such an enjoyable reading experience with this book. And in each of these stories, and, and I think this is hard to do in a story collection too, but in each of these stories, there's there's something real. It starts with something that you know, something that you've seen. That could be like how crazy Black Friday gets every year. Oh, okay. um, it could be the headlines about young black kids getting shot down by police. So it could be across the board, something you are familiar with. And then in each story, that thing that you know is taken to this crazy sort of conclusion. So it could be uh, Black Fridays in which retail workers pile dead bodies in the corner as they keep selling down jackets because they got to make that quota. Damn it. Well, yeah. Dead yeah. body's not going to stop you. Hell no. Um, or it could be a theme park that lets white adults pretend to be homeowners who protect what's theirs by gunning down Black Park employees. This is legit a story in this collection, and it was incredible. Yeah, Erin's got a look on her face that's just like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know yeah, what to say to that. Yeah. Okay, so why I chose it this week. Um, I, I think, first of all, this is the first work by this author, and holy crap, I mean, I'm going to keep reading whatever he writes. Um, and also, I, I love a good dystopian, sci-fi, Black Mirror-esque type thing. Um, and in fact, one of my first loves as a reader was The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. And I read it way too young. Um, really missed <laughs> missed a lot of the nuance, I think. I was just drawn in by like, oh, crap, you know, there's prostitution of some sort. And <laughs> what's people are, happening? what's happening? Yeah. yeah. But in, in my mind, and what I love about that is that it's sort of the epitome of creating a world that isn't so crazy, like it's based in some way on something you know or something that's happened in the past. And then the the author uses that as a way to comment on who we are, where we are, all that good stuff. That's the power of good sci-fi um, in my mind. And Friday Black is the first uh, in this vein that I've read in a really long time that just oh. kicked my ass. Like it was, it was so good. Um, I like that phrase. Yeah. Kicked <laughs> in my reference ass. to a book. I love it. <laughs> love it. Good. We'll keep using that. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah please do. Good. Um, and what's even better about this is the author's writing is so cool. It's it's very spare. It's very um, short in a lot of ways. Some of the stories are only a few pages. Um, one of the final stories is like 30-some, but you don't feel it. You just fly through it. Mm. Um, and it's the kind of writing that's sort of deceptive. Like you, you don't realize until you – 
you're pulled into the story. And then when you look back, you're like, good Lord, that sentence, that was crazy. That was a good damn sentence, that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know about you, Aaron, but when I read a, a collection, whether it's a story collection or an essay collection, sometimes I have to force myself to just read one at a time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I want to, you know, sort of sit with it for a minute. I really had to force myself this time. Oh, I'm sure. But when I did, like, I kept thinking of each of those stories until the next time that I opened it again. Oh. So it was, it was, uh, each one was its own sort of realized world. It was so done well and you're just sort of haunted. You're, you're, you're laughing at some points at, you know, dead bodies in the corner on yeah. Black Friday. Hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so highly, highly recommend. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, mine's a bit of a departure from that. So we're oh. not similar on this one. Okay, but that's fine. Yeah. So mine is also a nonfiction. Well, it's, it's a little combo, but it's a humor and essay collection category. Okay. So I picked it for the first because it's this particular author's first book. Okay. It was published in June of 1994. Oh. Yes. And it is Barrel Fever by David Sedaris. <sighs> so I'm a huge David Sedaris fan. I had the option opportunity to see him uh, perform live a couple years ago. Got my book signed amazing he's even better in person than he is on the page oh so great yeah so wow that's good to know yeah he it was well worth whatever the ticket price was if he's around you you should go see him but he he generally writes essays taken out of his own life humor and then puts a humorous slant on them so on their face they're just entertaining but a lot of times like you said with the short stories if you just sit with it for a while Mm -hmm. you can see that there was a deeper message about himself or society or something he's learned uh, but in this book, he also has a couple of short stories that he wrote. So there oh. is some fiction in here. He's generally known for nonfiction. That's I didn't know he wrote yeah. short fiction. He yeah. does have a few in here. and But the main one that is in this book, and also why I picked it for a first, is an essay called The Santa Land Diaries which he became very famous for. He read it for the first time on NPR's Morning Edition, which kind of launched him into being a commentator and um, part of his career. But the idea of this book is that he was legitly an elf in a big (gasps) department store around Christmas like worked in with Santa's in hey, the North kind Pole. Kind of retail connection. Yeah, 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 yeah retail yeah. connection. And it's all about what he saw and, you know, oh. kind of what you would expect, like a, you know, mall Santa slash elf. Unbelievable. I mean, I laughed so hard I cried at different spots. And I also picked it as a first because this was really speaks to me. I love humor. I'm, I love comedy. I love real wit- well-written comedy. Mm-hmm. That's tough to say. It is. Wow. Yeah. It's a tongue twister. Yeah, I saw the look on your yeah, face. It was like, like oh, oh God, how I, do I do whoa, this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, new words. Well-written comedy. <laughs> I'm going to work on that in the mirror. <laughs> uh, but this is the first time that I really felt like somebody, it was entertainment, but there was also a purpose to it. Yeah. And for someone that loves to read that and sometimes writes that, it was really eye-opening. I really enjoyed it. And I have read everything by him since and mm-hmm. will continue to. But this particular this particular uh, book, I think, is a great start to him if you've never read anything by him. It gives you a really good flavor of his kind of take on things. And also his, his short stories are great. Um, one of them is about a dad who is very frugal, wants to save money. And one of his kids needs to have an operation. And the more that the dad hears about it, he's like, well, this is, I could do that. That's no problem. Oh, no. Yeah. So does a deep dive into figuring out how he could do this as a money-saving proposition. Okay. But 
believe it or not, hilarity ensues. <laughs> so <laughs> shocking. Yes. So I love it for all those reasons. That's why I chose it as a first. Um, it, he's a great writer. He's a fantastic humorist, both in person when he's commentating on things, but also in the written word. He just it has done a great job of really bringing that, I think, to the forefront and getting it in a new generation. Yeah. That is so rare that he could translate that to the stage, too, like be able to do both. I remember seeing a clip of him reading um, his essay on Stadium Pal on David Letterman. Have you ever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And just he he knows how to deliver um, his his uh, material. It's really great. He does have great delivery. So what I do have (laughs) one line. You'd have to be blind, deaf and dumb not to know what you're getting yourself into. So if there's blame, blame yourself. (laughs) Which is a so typical line for him. Fantastic. I want you to like cross stitch that into, you know, if you oh. got to blame, blame yourself. I like it. Yeah. You're going to sign blame fine <laughs> on you. <laughs> I'll get to that yep. right yep. after I figure out how to say well written. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, baby steps. It's all good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, good pick. That sounds great. Um, So I think one other thing that we're going to try to do each week is not just limit ourselves to books, Erin. We're going to branch out because we are multifaceted people. We enjoy things across culture and, you know, whatever you might call things that maybe are a little lowbrow. I don't know. We don't care about lowbrow, highbrow. Lowbrow, highbrow, midbrow. Yeah. However you wear your brows is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of sounds like mid-rise jeans and those are... Terrible. Are those mom jeans? Is that what that is? <laughs> those are the ones that hit you right in the middle of the gut. So you got both like a, a bottom oh, and a top. Oh, muffin. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what real are, sexy. Who, who wanted those? I don't know. But somehow there was a, a, a story in someone's mind that this is what's no, this is no. what's demanded. Right. This Do is you, what the ladies want, Erin. I feel like that's you. a lot of products. I think, where was the meeting where someone said, this is my idea, and somebody else was like, that's a joke, right? right? I imagine there were no women in this room. Obviously. Were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the perfect spot to have jeans hit. <laughs> I will feel so comfortable and so flattering. It's so much Done. better than low rise where you can't wear any underwear. I mean, really, jeans, ladies' jeans, everyone, just rough, bad, rough. bad, yeah. bad, bad news. Yeah, yeah. On that note. Yeah. Um, so as we said, <laughs> we're going to talk about other picks of things that we're enjoying. Yes. Uh, TV, movies, music, all sorts of things. Um, so my pick this week is a movie. Mm. And uh, for our listeners at home or in the car, um, we are recording at this at work. <laughs> yes. Anywhere you listen. No judgment. To your podcast. In the shower. Whatever you yeah, got going. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't imagine this is a good soundtrack for running, but if it is, it, I mean, good I mean, on hey, you. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, I hope that we're powering you on then. I mean, get it. Get it, get girl. It. Harder. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took a turn. It really did. Okay, yeah, let me, let me veer us back. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, we are recording this in the in the first full week, you might say, of 2019. Mm-hmm. And if you follow movies, you may have heard about uh, the movie The Favorite, um, starring Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. And ultimately, my recommendation there is to go see that movie. It is ridiculous and absurd and wonderful, and I enjoyed it so much. Um, but instead of talking about that one, I wanted to uh, talk about that director's first English language movie, mm-hmm. and that is called The Lobster. Um, and the, the director I'm talking about is Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, he's a Greek filmmaker. And so, yes, his first English language movie was The Lobster. And remember how I talked about sci-fi and fantasy and how I love that 
Um, you know, it can take real things to an absurd conclusion. Well, then hold on, everyone, oh, if you oh. haven't seen The Lobster. Um, Colin Farrell is a man whose wife has left him, um, which, first off, that sentence, I've never heard that before. I had a major crush on Colin Farrell. I'll oh, be did honest. you? Yeah, okay. I did. All right. Yeah. I see. I picture him as always playing that kind of brooding guy. So yeah. I'm like, is it yeah. surprising that someone left him? Well, in this one, he's a little heavier. Okay. He's he's not that brooding guy. He's oh. not he's not Colin Farrell as we know him. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. He's a well. poor schmo of a man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so, sorry for yeah, you, Yeah, I know Farrell. Colin Farrell. I'm Shoot. sorry, buddy. Yeah. That took a turn. Ooh. But in this society, you have to be partnered. So he's shipped off to a transition facility, and he has to choose a new partner in 45 days, or he will be transformed into an animal, a lobster. Yeah. Let wow. that let that, let that sink in. That's okay. pressure. So it's weird, and it gets weirder, because it turns out there's a sub-society of loners, um, people who refuse to partner, and they hide out in the woods. And they have a lot of silent raves. <laughs> That's the kind of thing where you have your headphones in and you're just listening to music and you're just dancing it out. Oh. In the middle of this whole huge group of people that are all dancing it out to their own tunes. So that's what these loners do. That sounds actually like a rave I could handle. But then the partnered people, they hunt the loners for sport. So, yeah. Oh, I mean. my gosh. If you've never seen anything by this man, this man is a weirdo and I love him. Um, all sorts of craziness ensues, as you might expect. Yeah. Um, people in the transition facility, they're vying with each other to find their best mate. Um, they go to crazy lengths to prove themselves a match. Um, one guy repeatedly hits himself in the head so that he will have nosebleeds, like the girl that often has nosebleeds that he kind of has a crush on. Okay. Well, yeah, nothing's going to bind you right? like a little blood from you the nose. You got it. Constantly banging yourself in the nose. I mean, that's what I looked for. Yeah. Yeah, is that how you and Mike got together? Yeah. Oh, cool. No, I, I mean, I don't have nosebleeds, but I assume <laughs> that if he were willing to hit himself in the nose multiple times, I, I don't think I could have said no. Oh, buddy. Mike, you heard it here. So hopefully you, you <laughs> fall in line with that. <laughs> but in this movie, when Colin Farrell's character escapes and he runs to the woods, um, crazier stuff happens. And so I love this movie because it's super absurd, obviously, uh, but it's highly entertaining. And it's got a really interesting, like, fascinating theme in there. Um, you know, I think our society values coupledom so much. I mean, we're you know, just look at the marriage industry, the wedding industry, I mean, um, all the reality shows about getting married or being mm -hmm. married or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so this movie talks about, like, what really makes a match, you know, and is it liking the same things? Is it having the same wounds? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it all based on something uh, wrong in, when it comes down to it? So very, very interesting. Um, and I, I uh, yeah, I found myself thinking about it quite a bit afterwards. Well, it does sound fascinating. Lots yeah. of layers in you, that you one. You and Mike better go home and watch it and then test him. Just see, you know, hey, would you would you give yourself nosebleeds for me, baby? And I I think he would say yes. Yeah. Just because how are you going to gonna say no at this? Yeah. Or maybe to get yeah. out of the conversation. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this is the exit. Yeah. Yep. Elevator yep. down. Yeah. I'm out. Oh, yeah. dear. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. I'm glad this was our first mic reference and we yeah. we really just laid it out there for him. We did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else and I, that was self-control. Uh, I don't that. Wow. You just saw it happen. I sure did. Self-control. I saw all the calculations in your face and in your head. And then you just pulled it back. Yeah. That is a filter at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a rare gazelle sighting. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Aaron with a filter, like a rare gazelle. Nobody wants that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, my non-pick sort of goes in my, you know, vein of my true crime. Oh, yeah. But it relates to first because this is the first podcast that I ever listened to regularly. Oh. That I decided, ooh, I can't can't miss this. And it's often about first in the field of crime. It's called Criminal, and it's a podcast produced by Radiotopia. um, And it's hosted by Phoebe Judge, and they're 20, 25, sometimes 30 minutes long. And they deal with some aspect of crime. So for example, one of the episodes was about the man who came up with the idea for the witness protection program, the actual case that it came out of, how he set it up, what he intended it to be. And I fascinating because I never knew it was invented basically by yeah. one guy that had this problem and figured this was how to solve it. So that was a great one. There's another episode about uh, people that donate their bodies to this particular type of science that puts them in various places to decompose so that they can study it for homicides. So when you find a body, you can say, well, clearly it's been here this long because this, this, and this has happened. So this scientific, yeah, director is the head of this area where he's got maybe a body decomposing in a pond and out in a field in the sun and people actually donate their bodies to this endeavor. That's really fascinating. It was, yeah, yeah, that was actually a two-parter. It was very interesting. Also, what does that guy talk about when he comes home from work? Right. And if you're his friend, is there a pressure there? I don't, that's not going to happen. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Listen, we need to draw boundaries of our friendship right now. You're not putting my body in a field. Nope. It's not yeah. going to happen. No. Yeah. And he Spouse did. Spouse too. He got to draw those lines. Yeah. 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 He, he did mention that, that there were people that wanted to do that. And when it came down to it, their spouse, kids, whoever was left was like, I just can't imagine allowing this yeah. to happen. But they really wanted it in pursuit of science. And, you know, why not? But I, you can see why a loved one might say, I don't, this it's is, tough. that doesn't seem right. Yeah. So uh, that one was great. There was another episode of Ride Along with a Texas police officer, which I loved. And then um, one that sticks out to me a lot was a stay-at-home mom turned private investigator. <gasps> uh, she investigated a crime that had happened in her family and wreaked havoc. And turns out she had a knack for it and now does it. Uh, she only takes on a couple cases a year, and she's incredibly sought after. Wow. I mean, people want her to work the case, and she handpicks the ones she does, and she works them. It's That one was really interesting as well. So wow. what I like about it is they take a really different approach to it. It's not just a crime story. It's all aspects from you know all angles. It they're quick. They come out every other week, I believe. So I really enjoy it. If you're interested in it, you can go to thisiscriminal.com and it'll tell you all the places you can find that podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's it's probably on there. But their website also features a um, unique illustration every week of the story. Oh. So that somehow relates to their Bodies theme that week. decomposing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Sometimes they're, yeah, they can be morbid, but they're, it's kind of interesting from an art perspective. Right. So. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Just, no, you know, no. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't always look at the drawings. I'm more fascinated sure. by the podcast, yeah. but you know, if that's your thing, get it. It's another angle to enjoy it. Yeah. 
How uh, how many seasons? Or do they do seasons? Or no, how does that they work? just okay. kind of roll week. Yeah. You know, each week there okay. isn't really a seasonality to it. Sure. But yeah, no, it's been. I mean, they usually take a break around you know Christmas to mm-hmm. the New Year. They took like four weeks off, but and they're produced pieces, so it's not a live. You know, she goes out, does the interviews, they wow. choose what to put in it. So it, I really enjoy it as a um, as a podcast and as a show, and yeah. it always brings about something I've never heard of before. So, and that I probably wouldn't have come across in any other way. I mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't Google where bodies decompose. <laughs> so, I mean, if you do, the NSA might have their eye on you. I mean, yeah, I have a Google alert set oh, for good, bodies good, good, decomposing. Good, good. Yeah. So, sure. Who yeah. doesn't I really? Mean, you just got to have that information. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. want to know what's happening yeah. out there in the world. Well, yeah, I don't want to be stumbling across a body unexpectedly. No. But actually, do you? Because then you'd be part of a mystery. You could be like that first scene in a, in a Law & Order episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to go crime, yeah. I, I don't want Law & Order. I want okay. I want a longer... Oh, uh, yeah. like a, like a, a making feature. of a murderer kind of yeah, thing? Okay, I yeah, yeah. I want my own show sure. that lasts as many episodes as I feel necessary. Damn straight. Because Law & Order... I, it's going to get wrapped up. You're right. And let's be honest. If I'm not Olivia Benson, I probably did it yeah. if it's Law & Order. So I don't want to be that guy. No. That's good. I, I'm glad we have these clear life goals mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for you and your, your true crime <laughs> that is just waiting to come out. So, <laughs> you I'll heard it here me. first. And this actually sounds like something that would be used against me. <laughs> Should I be implicated? We may have not thought through all the implications of having a podcast and yeah. talking about yeah. some of these things that we yeah. often talk about unrecorded. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think Ugh, about. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll have another episode after this. I mean, we may yeah. have some thinking to do. We Who might. knows? We might. Yeah. 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 But if we do, <laughs> I mean, we completed <laughs> our first episode. I know. How great um, is that? And yes. And if we decide that this is, you know, something we actually want to do without implicating ourselves, uh, you can look forward to a new episode featuring books and, of course, us two broads every other week. Yes, and in the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, to check out all the recommendations we made in this episode, as well as one bonus pick. Bonus. Right. Each episode, we're going to pick one extra pick that is only on our website. Mm -hmm. Incentive. That's what that is. It's on the interwebs, and you got to get there to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can also check out our Twitter Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Give us feedback. Check out what we're doing. Let us know items you might want to hear us talk about in future episodes. Or if you are the creative type and have a great idea for a future theme or episode, let us know that too. You can find links to all our social media accounts and our email at broadsandbooks.com. And we are so excited to kick this off. We are so excited to hear from you. Um, excited to be back with you every other week. Um, and until next time, that is it for us. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. 
I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.